0: Concussions have been at the forefront of conversation around athlete health and safety, uh, given a couple of very highly public injuries and a lot of changes within the NFL and their upcoming policy changes. Uh, so, we talked on our sister podcast, Athletic Train Chat, with Dr. Dooley Stam who is a, an expert on concussion and in that a conversation came up about an article that they had written about titled pressure on sports medicine clinicians to prematurely return collegiate athletes to play after concussion now again while the Tua situation is professional obviously uh, collegiate has a lot of stop gaps in place uh, this article came out in 2015 a lot has changed um in seven years so we'll caveat with that but the pressures are still there and that was a lot that came out around the tua situation on where the protocols followed was there pressure was there not like how did this all go uh the head coach is catching some heat on how he handled you know just describing the injury or lack thereof um it's quote unquote only a concussion and so really we just wanted to go over this research review and kind of tie it in not only to the collegiate setting that it is but how that can potentially impact a lot of other areas of sports because if it's happening in the collegiate setting which was found uh, in this study that only can tell about how much it potentially could be happening in the secondary or high school setting or even below and really the difficulty in trying to manage some of this so Ultimately, uh, the goal of this study was to quantify the extent to which clinicians feel pressure uh, to return a student-athlete early from a concussion. Uh, Really, they took also a look at how the supervisory structure played a role. Uh, That is, did the athletic trainers and or physicians report to the athletic director? Was it a medical model where they actually reported to a physician or administrator outside of the athletic department? And then other factors that included the clinician's sex and the level of competition or in this case the division one two or three Uh, this was a web-based survey of ncaa members they ended up getting 789 athletic trainers 111 uh, physicians and five those were from 530 different institutions so a pretty good sample there Uh, what they're again looking to come by is where that pressure was coming from was it from other clinicians coaches athletes Um, and then any of those other variables that we had mentioned was the at physician did that play a role Um, did the sex of the clinician play a role the supervisory structure or the division of competition as we had mentioned so what did they find 64.4 percent of these clinicians experienced pressure to return somebody back these are kind of the broad strokes if we'll have the title of the of the paper if you want to go and dig into the details 53.7 percent of this was from coaches that's concerning um 6.6 was from other clinicians which i thought was interesting and it would be really interesting to get more of the dynamics on that is it athletic trainers helping pressure physicians to clear I don't know how I see that role going back the other way uh, with an athletic trainer being pressured from a physician or if it was other, you know, if you have a team with multiple athletic trainers, is it other athletic trainers pushing, you know, to get clear somebody early, then obviously that leaves a small percentage, four-ish percent, um talking from athletes pressure wanting to get back into the game wanting to get back with their team um, and wanting to do what they want to do and there's a lot of factors that go into that there was more pressure from coaches in an athletic structure uh, versus a medical model i don't think that that's overly surprising i think that is a huge issue in a lot of the in a lot of the collegiate settings, and even potentially in the secondary setting, depending on where that athletic trainer is hired from, whether they are actually hired by the district or if they are contracted out from a local health system or hospital, um, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Females also reported more pressure from coaches than males. Unfortunately, I don't find that overly surprising either but it is definitely something to take into consideration. Um, so the general conclusion, as we just kind of get from the results, is most people f- get pressured. A majority of clinicians feel pressure to return somebody early, uh, and that is an issue especially with this type of injury because as much as we know about it, we don't know the long, long-term long impacts. There's a lot of research coming out from that um, when it comes to CTE but again that's all post-mortem we have no idea what that looks like coming up uh, through the ranks as well kind of going back to this athletic structure that one I think is so key and it's really hard for especially young clinicians to be able to stand their ground and do so when they are working in a structure where they may not report directly to the coach, which I hope is not the case, but if they are on even on equal footing, depending on how long that coach has been there. I know when I first came out, I never got pressured. I worked track and field, so I didn't really worry have to worry about concussions too much, but there was coaches there that had been coaching longer than I'd been alive, so they'd seen some stuff and just been around um, over the course of their career, and me coming in as a fresh new grad, didn't know what i didn't know and that can be intimidating and that can be really hard especially when it comes to pressure especially if you're starting a new position and you're trying to figure out how to work with people you don't want to make people upset it can be a hard call on holding people out especially with something that it's not as easy to objectively measure your progress you know you can't see a bone healing you can't necessarily always feel like you're getting stronger or showing that you're getting stronger with like an ankle sprain or a hamstring strain or something like that it is so subjective and yeah you may start feeling better but we still don't necessarily have the perfect test to see how you are functioning cognitively there's a lot of good ones out there and they're great tools but we just don't have that we don't have blood markers that are definitive yet or imaging a lot of that in the works So really, it was just kind of unfortunate to see this. And I can only imagine, again, at the secondary level, what that pressure becomes like when there is a single athletic trainer for 500, 1,000 students. And so really knowing that that pressure is out there and making sure that you're helping find someone, or if you're in those cases where you have a child or someone that has a concussion, to really work with those medical professionals as they are trying to look out for the health and safety of your kid as much as they can and, you know, give them some grace as they're working through that progress There's the protocols put in place for a reason to try and make sure that people are staying safe, uh, when they are returning back to their sport. And again, you know, a lot of things we can work through, we can work around ankle injuries, muscle strains, things like that. It's really hard if there's damage to your brain that we just don't know is there yet. And what that long-term repercussions of that could be, especially and not even that it's a good reason. If your future isn't in playing sports and making millions of dollars in the professional ranks, there's a lot of other things you're going to use your brain for. So I just wanted to touch base on that, on highlighting this research review and the pressure um, kind of as it ties into the world that we've seen right now and the high profile nature that concussions can push back into. So check out the descriptions. It'll have the study in there if you want to do that. I know Dr. Stan would be happy to answer any questions on that Uh, she's got a great book the brain on youth sports that's kind of looking at what we know about how youth brains respond to repetitive hits and uh, hopefully we'll have better answers in the future so thanks for checking this out we'll be back next week with more stuff from clinically pressed